Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus as we talk some spring football. Um, guys, it's about 10 days away as Nebraska will open up practice on uh, Monday, March 9th. Um, you know, it's going to get two weeks in before spring break, and then they'll do three after. It's an April 18th spring game. Uh, close to 60,000 tickets have been sold already, so, you know, it's not – in that sellout range yet, but it, you know, e- easily could get to a sellout. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, I think a lot of people will wait for the weather. But you know, a lot of people, guys, are interested in in storylines, quarterback particularly. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the season, a lot of emotions out there. Um, you know, I, I think there was a, a strong cry to to go in a different direction at quarterback. But as as you move forward, it it just seems, at least my feel, is it's going to take a lot to unseat Adrian Martinez. I mean, someone's going to have to be decisively better. And this spring, I don't know how much we'll get to really see of Adrian, considering he did have off-season shoulder surgery. And um, just through my experience over the years, guys, with shoulder surgeries, those tend to take about six months uh, to to give a guy. And Adrian's had shoulder issues in the past. Yeah, and so it's his non-throwing, obviously. But still, I mean, I think you could see as the year went on, uh, the inability to capitalize on those deep throws. I think that was I think that was a direct result of his injury. And so that surgery, obviously, I don't know even know what he's going to be able to do this spring. And so you want to talk about will there be a quarterback competition? It can't really be a competition if the front runner for the job isn't even able to go 100%. So this spring, I think, more than anything, will be an opportunity for the rest of that group to decide who is going to be the number one contender entering fall camp when Adrian is full go, ready to really compete for that spot. Uh, and if, you know, a McCaffrey or a Vedral or you know whoever it may be, is able to really open some eyes this spring, they might have some footing to uh, have a case uh, this fall, and you know we'll see what happens from there. But I'm with you, Sean. I think they're at a situation right now where unless something incredible happens over this offseason, it's Adrian's job to lose. And as long as he progresses off that injury the way that they fully expect him to and does what they expect him to do in fall camp, he will be the day, day one starter for the opener. Well, and I don't think you should lose a job to injury either. You know, I mean, he was dealing with an awful lot last year. Um, not new just, center. Yeah, not just the injuries, but new center. Um, you receivers. Know, yeah, receivers where the <laughs> – how often they were actually where they were supposed to be, um, you know, I, I think was is something that a lot of people probably don't don't realize that that probably wasn't happening very much. Maurice Washington not running the plays right. Yeah, I mean, I mean there, there's a lot. I mean, you can go there down. Was, yeah, there was probably. I mean, there's legitimately, and I'm not trying to make excuses for Adrian, but I mean, he had an awful lot on his plate, and that all contributed to his uh, to his play. And so, um, yeah, if you are Luke McCaffrey, Noah Vedral, um, even Logan Smothers, I, I think that this spring is is big for you uh, just to get the reps because Adrian's not going to be not going to be taking up a, a ton of those reps. And and then, like you said, Robin, I, I think that whoever kind of emerges out of that group is probably going to be the guy to to give Adrian, uh, you know, a 
go at the job in in the in fall camp. So and Logan Smothers is here. Noah Vedrill's here. Luke McCaffrey. Yep. I mean, yep. it's it's as good of a room. And then the walk ons are about as good of a walk on group as Absolutely. Nebraska's had. It's a good problem to have, uh, but I I still think that you know it's going to take something pretty special this spring and summer from one of those guys to really put themselves in position to challenge Adrian Martinez for Week One. Now, if Adrian comes out and struggles out of the gates and you know throws three picks against Purdue or whatever it may be, and Bob Diaco lights him up, then we got a different conversation on our hands, and this staff may be forced to make a change uh, for the long term. Well, and, and the other thing too is, I mean, if you're Adrian Martinez. Even if you're not getting a ton of reps this spring, you better be on your game yep. and, and be ready to roll because that, that quarterback room is deep and talented. And so, I mean, if there was ever a time where you're, you're getting pushed as a starter, that even though it, it may be his job to lose, uh, I, I guarantee you he's going to be on the ball and, and doing everything he can to be ready to go uh, come fall camp. And let's stick on offense, guys. Offensive line, you know, there's so much coming back. They return every guy on that line. Um, they bring in two more talented freshmen along with the six they redshirted. Um, it, it's trending in the right direction. I, th- I think what we're all curious now is will the Matt Farniak to left guard move happen, meaning – you know, he would probably take Hickson's job more than likely. And then will Bryce Benhart ultimately be ready to step in at right tackle? Then even Bo Wilson, you know, I think a guy like Ethan Piper could challenge him this spring. Um, can they create those battles? Can they create that competition where, you know, this line will look different in 2020? To me, I think the biggest X factor on that offensive line is Bryce Benhart. Is he going to be at the level where he can take that right tackle job and be a starter for the rest of his career and allow Farniak to move inside where I think most people feel that he is better on the interior? And I think he's just better not having to operate in so much space. Uh, If that's the case, the ripple effect is huge because obviously that changes not just one starting spot, but two uh, with, you know, like you said, Farniak probably uh, moving over the left guard spot. And then, you know, with the hype and momentum that Ethan Piper gained during that last that first season last year, he is well on his way to uh, giving Bo Wilson everything he can handle at that right guard spot. So um, there's going to be a lot of competition, but I think it starts with Bryce Benhart. What his progress over this offseason um, really ends up being, I think, will ultimately determine how much uh, changes and what types of shakeups we fully see by the time the season starts. And it's kind of fun to think about. I mean, I mean between – Brendan Hymas at left tackle and, and Farniak at left guard, if it happens. I mean, that's an awful lot of experience on that side. And then, you know, if, if the Piper-Benhart deal hap, you know, turns out to be the case on the right side, that's an awful lot of potential. Um, you know, and all of a sudden that the entire makeup of that offensive line is, is uh, you know, is pretty exciting. Uh, they haven't had that type of depth in a long time. I mean, and we haven't even mentioned guys like, uh, you know, like Brant Banks. I know that they – that's a guy that I know Greg Austin is excited about, um, you know, ever since he went from D-line to O-line, and, and he's really done a good job apparently. And, um, you know, and, and there's a handful of, of up-and-comers that I, I think that uh, um, this is about as good a shape as the O-line has been in in, in a long time. And they, they wanted to do it this way. I mean, they're, they're trying to build this thing the right way. You could go quick fix and get Jucos. I mean, Nate, Nate and our recruiting guys have covered that extensively, some of the targets they kicked the tires on, but they wanted to go this, let's get the 6'6", 280 kid and let Duvall and let Ellis do what they got to do to get these guys ready to play against Wisconsin, to play against Iowa. And it's a great plan, and and you hope that it's going to pay off here as, as they bring in all these big bodies. Well, and you look at all the new 
faces they brought in, but the, maybe the biggest benefit is the amount of experience they have in that depth. I mean, you got a guy like Christian Gaylord or Brock Bando, or if there are shakeups, Trent Hickson or Bo Wilson that can step up and not only uh, return to their spots, but play multiple positions. And that is such a luxury. As we've seen time and again, Nebraska's been burned on that, where you know one or two guys get stinged up on that offensive line and they just struggle to fill in properly uh, you know, adequate depth. And I think that will not be an issue this year because not only do you have uh, a lot of numbers to work with and a lot of promising talent, but you have guys that have been in the Big Ten battle before. They know what it takes uh, to play at a Big Ten level. And I think that experience is as valuable as anything, especially in the trenches in this conference. Yeah, I think you, I mean, you obviously have to win in the trenches in this conference. And, um, and there are going to be injuries or there are going to be times where guys are dinged up and the just to not be scraping the bottom of the barrel uh, when that happens is is uh, kind of a game changer in, in itself. And guys, you heard it here first: the newcomer in spring to watch, Alante Brown. You've been driving. I've that been train for a driving while the now. bus. I'm I'm excited to see, but I've heard a lot of good things about Alante Brown, Nate. Um, and I think the year of prep school actually did him really good. I think that's helped him. And, you know, it was a full-time year as a receiver versus quarterback, which he played. And who would have known, Nate? We were in that freezing cold Chicago rivals camp that day, and he was out there as one of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And um, he wasn't even on our radar that day. Not at all. And because, I mean, as a quarterback prospect, he really wasn't on anybody's radar. I mean, he's always been an athlete first. And, and uh, um, you know. Yet he had 50 touchdowns at Simeon as a well, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, he helped lead lead Simeon to a to a city section title or whatever it was. I think it's the first time they've won that in a long, long time. I mean, they're traditionally a basketball school. And so, um, you know, and, and for him, I mean, he signed with Texas Tech out of, uh, out of high school and then decided to go the prep school route and ends up being the top prep school receiver in the country. And, and now uh, I think that he's matured to the point where uh, you know, he should be able to step in and, and be able to, to make an impact early on. All right, when we come back, Robin Watson and I are going to talk some basketball. Uh, we'll talk about their latest addition, Kobe King, the transfer from Wisconsin. That's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. 